Yes, we're back again. It is episode 24 of the Hibs Ramble, and it seems to now be the usual suspects. It's uh, it's me, Liam, and I'm joined tonight by Sean. How are you, mate? Yeah, that's I'm good, mate. I'm good. We're pretty much the the whole podcast, just the two of us now. So <laughs> yeah, uh, Craig can't be here. His uh, his wee laddie's sick, and it's Mark's birthday today. So a big happy birthday to Mark. He is away out for his dinner uh, with his missus to the dome. Um, I hope he's hope he's got plenty of money in his bank account. I hope he's just been paid because <laughs> that will not be a cheap. A cheap it's probably his, that's probably why he picked the dome because he'll not be the one paying for it because it's his birthday. <laughs> he'll need to go halfers probably. <laughs> Too expensive. But hi, uh, how are you, mate? Um, it's been uh, it's been a few days since we since we chatted last about. Uh, I am. Great. I'm absolutely brilliant. And you'll probably be able to tell if you're watching on YouTube is because Sean's got two Lionel Messi shirts up behind him today. He's uh, he's something of a, a wee Messi fanboy, so you would have been delighted at the at the game last night then, eh? Yeah, well, it's proper stressy, wasn't it, eh? It's no, by, by far best World Cup final I've watched and in my lifetime it's the best World Cup as well. That's what I've got down here. It was a superb game, really, from well, maybe like the 40th minute up to the 80th minute. Yeah. <laughs> it was it was a bit boring, but um, otherwise, what a game, man! And uh, you know, for Messi to bow out, maybe his international career. I don't know if he's going to. Nah, he's, he's already he's already came out and said that he wants to play with the three stars on his shirt. He wants to play as world champions. What a guy! Eh? What a guy, man! Play him in a friendly against Scotland. That'll do. Hi, but you're saying the best World Cup ever. I think also it's the best World Cup ever. Also, I think that I've watched more of it because it's been in winter than I would have done if it was summer. Yeah, I think so. I think that plays a massive part. I think a lot of people have watched the majority of all the games as well. So I think because there's been so many upsets as well, it's been really enjoyable. And then even the games were really good to watch. I can't remember another World Cup. I mean, 2010 springs to mind. I think just because of nostalgia, because I was in school and it was being shown in the big tellies in the lunch hall and that. And but apart from that, you know, this is. Oh, I mean, I think I've probably enjoyed this one even more. It's been amazing. I wanted Argentina to win it for the start, and they went out and done it as Messi solidified himself as the goat. Should have never even been a debate in the first place. Let's be serious. I, I know, but we need to, for the benefit of everyone else, listening. The thing is, even if Argentina didn't win it, my, my point would still be the same. I still think it it was such a good final. You had the big players turning up in big moments, although France were absolute dug meat for 80 minutes. Mbappé You've got a few for Mbappé, up. though. Do you know what I mean? He's already, really? got, winners. He's already got a winner's medal. He's he all does. right. He does, but I mean, I wouldn't have made it any. No, no one would have went up to him yesterday and went, oh, it's all right, Killian. You won it last time. To be I fair, mean, he'll uh, he'll go on to break the the World Cup record. He's he's already three away, so he'll break that the next World Cup and he'll only be 27. So he'll smash that. He's he's absolutely mental. He's so good. His numbers so, are so good. good. He scored an absolutely incredible goal yesterday. But what was your goal of the tournament? Uh, Argentina's second goal yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> Yours? I tell you what, I think. Uh, Richarlison against South Korea. That's, that's a good, good uh, goal. You, you asked me that. Was it yesterday? I sent. I couldn't decide. I think I sent you a five. And yeah. Richarlison's was in there. Uh, Richarlison's was second. Richarlison's. Richarlison uh, scored an overhead kick against um, Serbia. And then uh, he scored that lovely, uh, that lovely team goal. That was, that was a beautiful goal. That was box office Brazil. At his best. Yeah, I know. And Neymar had a goal like that as well, eh? So that was a good goal. Yeah, against Croatia. He had the Mexico 30-yarder when they needed to win the game. He had Mbappe yesterday, the second one. Uh, the Croatia one for the third-place playoff. Saudi Arabia's some some absolute crackers in there. Like. Hakimi's penalty in the shootout. The oh, exactly. I know. Barely left, uh, left the ground. Mate, there's been so many good penalties as well, eh? Oh, it's yeah. messy see when he waits for the goalie to dive and then he... Just picks other corner. Hate, he really missed his one uh, in the show, by the way. I hate, I hate watching him take pens. Eh? Just doesn't sit right with me. But <laughs> oh, Harry, well. Harry Kane's Harry Kane's second penalty was the best penalty of the tournament. Harry Kane, 
well, we'll leave we'll leave the chat about World Cup on a good note then talking about England <laughs> fucking it. Uh, Rangers. Rangers, Rangers, Rangers. We were at Ibrox last Thursday. Well, I was, Sean, you were not but we, I mean Hibs. Um, I said 4-3 on the pod. I was confident of a win on the pod, but see, as soon as I two, pressed... 2-1 two, two, two on the pod, you said. 2-1, I think you changed it. 2-1? 2-1. You said 4-3 for the final last night. I can't remember. I can't tell my... You, you were right at one point. You were At half-time, you were correct. Hibs were winning 2-1. Yes, no, I... I was thinking this is the closest I've ever been to a fucking right prediction all season. Um, I, I truly didn't believe that we were going to get anything from that game on Thursday. Um, our first half was really good. I thought, Sean, that when we were watching that, we, we'd seen what Lee Johnson and the players had been working on over the break. It looked as though we'd turned a corner. It probably still is that way, to be honest with you. I, I, I know, I know a lot of people are raging about it, but I'm seeming to take more positives and negatives from this game. First half, especially. Let's talk about the goals. The first goal, good corner in, nice header for Portis. No much that you know you can. The leap that he gets and the free room that he gets is is brilliant. He's done well to get the space and it. it's a. It's a brilliant bullet header. He's done very well. Yeah, I mean, I think the last time we scored for a corner was the Scottish Cup final. I mean, I can't remember us scoring. We didn't do it that often. No, we really don't. Um, And then second goal, right after their equaliser, is a really good finish. Catching Rangers off guard. I mean, I was too busy uh, hanging my head in shame because I was going mental at the Rangers fans. I was right next to them. eh? I was too busy hanging my head in shame um, after they scored. And I looked up and Nisbet hits it and it goes in and then it's absolute bedlam again. But, Sean, do you think first half we were seeing as a fan what you wanted to see when you go and play Rangers or you go and play Celtic? Oh, yeah, 100%. I think Lee Lee Johnson, when he came in, he promised that regardless of who we're playing and where we're playing, he would take the game to them. He did say that it would take time to kind of instill that philosophy we have seen it in spells, and again against Rangers, we saw it in spells. This this spell being a 45-minute one, um, it's the kind of it's the kind of intent that we should show against the old firm, especially when, like you mentioned last week, they could have been on, you know, we could have caught them cold with a new manager and you know in between systems and philosophies and stuff like that. And I think we took real advantage in the first half. And I mean. We could have, we could have maybe even had a third or a fourth if if Campbell's shot goes different or Eli Yuan yeah. takes his chance. So, um, yeah, it was a really, really strong first first half. It was. I mean, as much as we were good, I think Rangers were equally as. I wouldn't. I'm not going to say they were shite because I don't think they were. I just don't think they were awfully organised. Maybe down to team selection. I know that uh, their defence was a little bit makeshift. Um, but I mean, you still need to play well if you go to Ibrox and you score twice in the first half. You need to have played, I mean, well enough to score two goals. Yeah, you need stuff to go your way. And I think with the team selection that Rangers had and the bodies that they had out, everything in that first half was was going our way. Um, very very poor goal to concede in the first half. It's a very very poor header away for Hanlon. Cadden could probably do better as well. I think it is very, very poor from Cadden. I think Mark probably wanted to get that point across as well. At the game, he was he was absolutely furious with Chris Cadden. Cadden was so so narrow. I think if he maybe just takes a, a step or two or two, he's right. Um, I don't know if that's maybe because because he purchased in that more advanced role as, as a as a CDM. He maybe naturally felt himself coming in a wee bit because we have played with three centre halves. And he felt there was maybe a bit of space there. I don't know, but if he takes a couple of steps to the right, um, he maybe closes it down a bit quicker. But obviously, the reaction to going to conceding that goal was was brilliant because we just went straight up the end, the other end, and scored. And although Lee Johnson wasn't really celebrating, it was still having a go at Paul Hanlon at the time, which is actually good to see. <laughs> I mean, that sort of thing never happens to us. It always happens against us. Yeah. Uh, never ever happens to us, especially not Ibrox. I mean, 
I tell you what, I put a tweet out on the on the Twitter page um, the day after the game on Friday, and I got <laughs> caned. I got absolutely caned from about a hundred Rangers fans because I said that the limbs were class. There's about 150 quote tweets on it. Yeah, it was a jokey. I generally felt cyberbullied when when I was reading I mean, some. Uh, it didn't take winning or losing well, like. I don't understand that, mate. They're they're just they're an odd odd bunch. They really are. I don't want to waste too much time talking about them, but I think they kind of misjudged what my tweet was about. My tweet was about the mate. The limbs were sensational. I've mate. I filled in about four rows, and Mark had to pull me up, and. I just feel like the us getting beat kind of ruined that. I think it would. Uh, I think it, you're, you're really, really good. more trying to emphasise how good that moment was, not necessarily celebrate it, regardless of the result. Nah, no celebrating a defeat. I mean, that's no, leave that not. up to leave that up to the uh, Hearts fans. That's what they do best, um, celebrating defeats and draws and stuff. But I was talking, I was just talking about the limbs, mate, and it was utter limbs, and. Apart from the Scottish Cup final, I think maybe only Hanlon's Hanlon's equalise at Tynecastle for two two, and Ross Caldwell's winner at Tynecastle for two one. I, I still think I went more mental at Nisbet's second goal there, eh, Nisbet's goal um, at Ibrox on Thursday. It was absolutely crazy. But what's amazed Limbs apart from the cup final that you've that you've been involved? Um... Well, we we just we discussed it in the chat. So you've got the ones that you mentioned there. You've got um, the Kelly away in the Scottish Cup. Was it 2012-2013? Stadium was about to collapse that day. Um, six Kelly pies. Even then. even Motherwell away when Melkerson got his double. That like those were those were limbs. You've obviously you've obviously got the 3-0 at Hamden as well. I know you said apart from Hamden, but you've got 3-0 again or 3-1 against Rangers at, at Hamden. Um you've got Horgan's second goal. Choose one, Sean. Choose one. Choose one. One goal. You didn't you didn't say choose one. No, I'm telling you now, choose one. Um that you that you didn't mention. I either or mate. Because I would have went I would have went Ross Caldwell's one out, but you mentioned. Right, apart from that then. Um I'll go. I'll go Horgan's. Horgan's second. It was a good because goal. because I was about five or six rows. I'm sure you're in the picture. Are you not? I, I am. I am. It's what it's what it's my wallpaper. It has been since like the day after the game. <laughs> you're in um, the corner There's about five or six pictures of me and Big H jumping about six rows. I'm sure my corner was in like a like a camo jacket. Yes, I is. The most uh, inconspicuous camo <laughs> jacket <laughs> on the face of the earth. Uh, now that's that's my favourite because w- when I finally got down to the first row, like Lewis Stevenson, like just came head to head with me as well. That's you know, class. Just like just getting at Yaldi, and it was uh, brilliant. That's class. Back to Ibrox. So second half, you were watching on the telly. What happened? It's, see, from my point of view, in the stand, it looked like we were just on the back foot. Didn't look an awful lot like. We were sitting in. Admittedly, the view from that corner probably isn't the best that you can get. Didn't look like we were really sitting in. It just looked like we were under pressure. It was a mixture of when we could. Uh, it was a mixture of sitting in and not being able to get out. Um, I don't know what the instruction was at halftime. We've seen it a lot. I don't even know if it if it was an instruction really, Johnson, to try and hold on to it, but. We've seen it a lot under Jack Ross. We've seen it a lot under Sean Maloney. We're, we're seeing it a lot under Lee Johnson that when we are in front, regardless of the opposition, we do seem to creep back as the game goes on. Now, again, I don't know if that is mentally from the players or, or if it's actually an instruction from the bench, but a lot of the second half, Nisbet was finding themselves in a midfield role and, and then we had no outlet as well it, it was very very strange it was just a complete contrast with the first half um and even i can understand i can understand maybe doing it towards the end of the game last 10 minutes sit deep try and fight it out clear balls or whatever um but trying to do that for the start of the second half it just isn't on and even if even if that was the instruction lee johnson should be smart enough or someone on that bench should be smart enough to say listen 
we need to maybe change it up and, and maybe put put on a couple of fresh bodies or change up the shape or something. Even if you went to three five two, or just try to get more pace on the park or something, and it just looked like he decided to, to sit at me. some point. He tried to change it at some point when he brings on McGee and McCurdy and and stuff like that. But do you reckon that it's maybe a if it's if both managers and players are to blame? Do you think that it's maybe a lack of experience? playing you know against the old firm especially away from home you know you've got you know a fair few players there that that haven't yeah. played at ibrox before yeah yeah and the vast majority of that squad now has never beaten rangers especially at ibrox do you know what i mean because we've, we've not beaten them there probably since mclaren since, since the mclaren penalty so um, the vast majority of that squad just isn't there. So yeah, you could be right. It could be something that subconsciously creeps in. Um, but sometimes that just can't be helped, unfortunately. Yeah, no. I tell you what, it really was a shame because it was it was just just a shite way. To, I think both goals in the second half from Rangers is poor defending from Hibs, especially the Morelos one. Is although it's it's a good goal from a Rangers point of view, you're you're saying that's a fantastic. Goal. I feel like Paul Hanlon's at fault for. for we really him. could defend it better. We really could defend it better. Yeah. Um, but listen, we'll wrap up on the Rangers game at the moment because, you know, <laughs> this is a this is hopefully a, a happy podcast. We want to be want to be happy and smiling. Um, so we'll wrap up the Rangers game with a, a cinch Premiership update. Which pie is the best in the pie review? So, we, me and Mark were at um, Ibrox on Thursday, although before I talk about the Ibrox pie, I need to talk about the Kelly pie, because I forgot to do it last time. Um, it, did it, you? Because I, I spoke about my Kelly pie, did I not? Nah, I don't think we've... Did we do a Kelly review? I'm certain we've we done a Kelly I'm certain we've done a Kelly review, because... Well, Oh no! Oh, we must have done. We did. We did. We, no, we uh, were 100%, was, you, you 100% had a shite right. review, and I had a good review. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <clears throat> so, Ibrox pie. Prepare yourself, Sean. I think you're going to be horrified at what I'm going to I'm, say. I'm starv- I'm starving as it is, so this might make me more hungry or less hungry. Aye. So temperature, considering it was minus five in Govan on Thursday, temperature was a five. Warmed me up perfectly. It was. It was the perfect temperature, Kevin. It's not too hot. Yeah. And it's not too lukewarm. It's oh, right in the middle. Right yeah. in the middle of the five. It was fantastic. The crust is a two. Oh. It was too soggy. It was really it was really tasty. It was too soggy. If it was just a little bit more crisp. I don't mind a wee bit of sog. A wee bit of sog is okay with me. But it was like kinda just like flimsy it didn't fall apart right and that's uh, why it's not a one i think a two is maybe a bit harsh but i've already written two um filling is a four wow. it was really good it was really really good was that, uh, was, that was that steak and gravy it was it makes me so hungry because i hate rangers but it was so good man the, the, the filling was superb it was a great ratio between steak and gravy I don't understand then where the sogginess came from because there wasn't too much gravy. It was... Oh, Maybe it had just been sitting about. It was so close. So close to perfect. Uh, and the price, £3.40. So that's been given a price point of 3 Because I, I kind of hold that between £3 and £3.50. I'm happy with that. Mm. I'm more than happy with that. I also got a Bovril, which was which was good, on a minus 5 night. So that gives Rangers a score of 14 out of 20, which I think that's a good effort that actually brings it joint second. I wow, think, yeah, it does. Wow, brings it joint second with Ross County tucked in behind Kilmarnock. Did you oh, have a second pie? Was anything thrown at you? Or a couple of cups of piss, right. um, some bottles thrown. Unfortunately, there was no steak and gravy pies thrown my way. <laughs> <You've actually laughs> well, you know, they're never going to waste them. 
I, that's exactly what I was saying. That's exactly what I was saying. But um, Pi was Pi was superb. And I'm just going to look in the chat now because Mark has also submitted his Pi score. He thought the Pi was was actually really good. He said, he said, he said. Did he send you an individual breakdown? Because he only he's sent not, a in the chat. He's not sent me an individual breakdown. Just 15 then. Uh, he says 15. So I'm not too sure where his um, scores have come from. I think they're probably similar to mine. He did, he did really enjoy it when he was when he was standing next to me. So, well done, Rangers, if you're listening. Really good effort. Just kind of make sure that they're not sitting like under a hot plate to make them soggy and that. But anyway, I digress. And that concludes our Pioneership review for this week. Right. Sean, moving on to Livingston on Saturday. Now, I'm torn as to whether I'm actually going to go or not. Because, and I t- not because we're being we're playing shy at the moment. Not not because of that. But it's Myla's first Christmas. It's her first Christmas Eve. And I know for a fact, even though it's a two o'clock kickoff, um, I'll be back for ages and ages and ages. I think she goes to bed or something. Yeah. So I, d- I don't think I'm going to go because I would rather spend Christmas Eve with Megan and Myla. And um, maybe just watch it. I feel like I feel like that's a wise choice. Maybe just watch it on Hibs TV. Yeah, and right. I'll tell you, the last time I stayed at home and watched a game on Hibs TV with Myla, we won 3-0 against St Mirren. And that is the last time we won. <laughs> but uh, will you be making the trip along on Christmas Eve? This um, at the moment, yes. Plans may, may change, but at the moment, yes, that's correct. If you're going, will you be able to give us a... Easter Road Pie review if you've not done one already. I've done an Easter Road one already, but yeah, I can. Yeah, I, I would be. I would need one anyway, so it'll be bloody freezing. Exactly, mate. It's it's going, it's going to be brutal. It's going to be brutal. Uh, but onto the game, Livingston. They've not played a competitive game since um, since they last played in the league before the World Cup, which was a one-all draw at Tynecastle with Hearts. Their game at the weekend against United was postponed. I would imagine due to like a frozen picture, snow on a picture, whatever. They did win a friendly cup. Uh, they they added that star above their jersey. They're really proud of it. Well done. Yeah, actually, I think that's quite good party. Ah, it was decent. I like. <laughs> I, I don't like saying that Livy have got good party because they always take the piss out of it. They actually that that's where most of the decent party comes from. Is us <laughs> anyway, isn't it? I know. I'm sure they've got something up their sleeve. Yeah. Um, Plus, they done uh, on. I think it was the game before the break. They done a, they done their comms on the Twitter as an old style football manager, chat manager, or one or two. So that, I was a big, yeah. I was a big fan of that. I seen that. No, they, they, they do get it right on social media, don't they? Um, I think it's got a nil nil written all over it, Sean. To be honest with you, what you um, yeah, I'm slightly concerned about this game because eh, we never. Really seem to do that overly well against Livy. Um, yeah, I'm just. I don't think we'll win. As, Two as teams that are in a bit of a decline, plus the fact that Livy are usually quite tough to beat, regardless of whether they're playing at home or they're playing away. I think it's going to be a difficult game, but would it be a good Christmas present for Hibs to come away from Saturday with a point? It'd be a good Christmas present if it got cancelled. <laughs> <laughs> at this moment in time, geez, oh. Uh, and, uh, of course, three points. Three points would be great. Oh, I'm talking sure. about a point. Would it be a good Christmas present if we got a draw? No, not really. <laughs> I think it would, to be honest. Uh, aye, on current form, it would be. We need to get a win some point. So, and we're not going to get many, very many between now and the end of January. So, we may as well try and get one at home to fucking Livy. Come on. Ah, that's right. They've obviously went and got Stephen Bradley throughout the break. I don't know if he'll be involved on David Saturday. Mar- David Marndale's already said that he's not ready to play first team football for Livy and he'll go out on loan. So thank God, because that was a goal waiting to happen. Wasn't it? It wouldn't surprise me if he banged a double in to be fair. Uh, uh, but fair fair play to the lad, whatever he ends up doing with his career. But happy for him to get a move. I mean I think we touched on it last week. He's not good enough to play for Hibs, but he's still a half decent wee player, and I'm glad well, that he's. Livy will pump, pump him out on loan. 
Connor was tremendous player at Livy, but he yeah. just wouldn't have got the time at Hibs, which is a shame because I think that's happened to so many young players who have come through, like even Hibs Hearts and Aberdeen and stuff, and they've not really been good enough to play there just of yet, and then they've went out and like Lauren Shankland for one. Look at Lauren Shankland. I know. Aberdeen. Good to get a game. Uh, Curtis and that, that played for Hibs. Yeah, <laughs> absolute player. What a player, mate. But yeah, um, I th- every time I think about this game, mate, it's making me upset. Putting you in a bad mood. I know. I don't really want to talk about it too much. It's because it's, it's it's purely it's purely because it's 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 Livy and it's a guaranteed zero points for for the Hibs. Um, it's, it's, we've, I've got PTSD with playing Livingston, both at home and away. They always seem to beat us. I think we beat Livingston less frequently than we beat like Celtic at Easter. <laughs> You could be right. Somebody will need to have, a, have to look that up and look at a record because it is absolutely stinking against Livy. Um, nah, do you know what? Nah, do you know what? Hibs are getting the win. Hibs are getting the win. Oh, here we let's, go. Let's, let's, get this, let's get this more upbeat. It's going to be 1-0 Hibs. Goals are going to come between the 60th and the 75th minute and then we'll see the game out. Um and Livy will offer absolutely nothing for 90 minutes and will be absolutely solid and hard to beat. <laughs> Heard it here first. And it'll be a sub that scores the winner. Harry McCurdy. See if I stay at home and Harry McCurdy scores his first goal and does the arrow celebration, I am going to be absolutely fucking furious. And say week in, week out that Harry McCurdy is going to score. He's going to score eventually. I just don't think it'll be for Hibs. <laughs> Mate, have you seen what he's been going on about? On Instagram? Nah, I don't. I don't follow him actually, but I don't. No, it was like on Twitter. So there was like a another podcast. Oh, the lower the one down in England. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I put that they in the chat. about um, he cried for seven hours straight after missing a penalty against Port Vale or something like that in the playoffs. And some boy was like ripping him. And or trying to rip them in the comments, and he replied, to, he replied to one of them saying, "Your bird's crap." <laughs> <laughs> he calls someone like Specky Four Eyes as well. Oh yeah, I love stuff like that. Yeah, I love I, it. I think he's he's definitely a character, eh? But Mark seems to think that he's going to be shifted in January. So I think uh, Craig thinks the same as well. I think a lot. I think I think based on what Lee Johnson wants, a lot of players will get shifted in January. But whether we're actually able to move them on or not, it's a different conversation. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. But uh, just to wrap it up on the Levy preview, have you got a prediction for me? Are you sticking with one nil? Uh, I'll, I'll stick with one nil. I'm going to go with nil nil. I would love a nil nil. Bet your hand off for a nil nil. With Hibs scoring. In like the last five minutes, but again chopped off with the. Uh, right. Okay. That's. that's do you know what we've not? Do you know what we've not? I don't know why I send it off. Oh aye, Easter Road. Yeah. Oh no, well, we had one the last time we played Easter Road, did we not? Aye, but because of the World Cup, it's been ages. Hmm. We're due. are due a red card against them. We actually are. Eh? We're due a red card against us more than we're due when Ibrox or Parkhead are in and man. Do a penalty as well. I can't. Penalty and a red card, and we'll miss it. Now, and then it will get retaken, and then we'll miss it again. Now will do. No, 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 no. Take the point. Bite your hand off. Um, right. Transfer window. I messaged you earlier on, saying if you could realistically sign three players within, you know, the kind of void of reason for Hibs to strengthen the team during the window who would they be asked you off here and you said Nobody. I've not got anyone <laughs> to be fair I actually don't remember you messaging me at all and I do not remember seeing said message to be fair it was like quarter to five. Oh, right, okay. quarter to five I've got three that I wrote down yeah, um, I've been a big advocate for this boy for a long time I think also if a certain Ryan Portress is moving on in January even regardless if he doesn't move on, I think we still need another body in at centre half. And my first pick would be um, Jack Fitzwater of Livingston. I knew that was coming, yeah. Um, I think he's solid. 
I think he's better than Obelai. Um He is a no-nonsense defender. He reminds me a little bit of Darren McGregor in his younger days. No-nonsense, but he can play a bit as well. So I think we need someone like that to come and just shore up the defence. Get him in. I think he's now had a couple of years at Livy, so he knows the league. He knows what it takes to, you know, just be a shit house at the back. And that is exactly what we need. My second player is, uh, and I'm so sorry if I butcher this name, uh, Depo Akinyemi from yeah, here. I'm sure he's going to be listening. Uh, well, he might be. And if you're listening, Depo, get yourself on his main sign. Um, 15 goals and 18 appearances so far for Air United in the Championship, who I think are near enough the top of the league. Are they top? Uh, they're they're about side. They're surprise package this season, I think. I mean, it's maybe got shades of Lauren Shankland written all over it. But 15 goals and 18. He's had a career at non-league in England up until now, where he signed for there. I can't imagine if we were to go for him now. He would cost us an awful lot of money. He's only he's 25, so it's not like he's going to grow and grow and grow. Get him in, as far as I'm concerned. We really need someone who will put the ball in the back of the net. Yeah. I don't know the extent of Kukarevic's injury. I've seen online that he's fucked. I've seen online that he's going to be back. Um, and then there's also the risk of Kevin this, but then you know, yeah. niggling his his long-term injury that he had and then possibly being out again and then we're kind of back to square one. I would get him in. Um, I wouldn't break the bank for him if Air United are wanting, you know, upwards of 300 500, grand. Right. 400 grand, then I'd be like, mm, maybe not. But if we can get him on the cheap, then I think that would be a really good addition. Finally, uh, Danny Armstrong from Kilmarnock. Uh, he's had a good season so far. Young laddie. Pacey, can play out wide, can play through the middle. Good from dead ball situations. Maybe be a good replacement for Boyle at the moment while he's out. Um, and could maybe be, you know, Boyle's apprentice for when you know he starts to wind down his career. Um, good for dead balls as well. Don't know if I've mentioned that. He scored a couple of free kicks this season. Um, and I'm sure he scored against us. I'm sure he scored the penalty against us at... Um, Rugby Park. So that's the three that I would go for. But I'm off the top of your head, is there anyone that you can think well, of that? Obviously, I, I made this point off air. Very rarely do you see players move from like a let's let's class it as a lower SPFL team to like a Hibs or or anything like that without paying a decent decent fee. And I know the board and the recruitment team haven't been shy about chucking money about rightly or wrongly for the right or wrong players. Um, my point would be if Porteous doesn't get moved on in January mm-hmm. and we've got him and we've got Rocky we've still got Will Fish we've still got Hanlon albeit I don't think Hanlon should be playing but it's another conversation should we not be looking to try and get Megwa or Blaney in to try and get them some absolutely Megwa man um, Talking up from an attacking sense, considering Ethan and um, Josh are out of contract in the summer and they're still banging in the goals right, left and centre, should we not be trying to bleed them into the squad a wee bit more as well? And you've still got you've still got other players in the midfield for the 19s and that um, that potentially should be given some level of a chance. Um, I don't see an issue with putting one or two in now and again if the rest of the team has enough experience. Like I don't, I don't see if we were to go to like a three-five-two, I don't see an issue playing Will Fish a wee bit more or Blaney or or Megwa a wee bit more if if they're in that three already. Um, when, when I mean, when are they going to get first team experience if they're not playing? In the that's first my point. Team? I also got so see- much high hopes for these laddies. And were no, it's and it's been the same for years. You know, Laidlaw has been about for well, I think I first heard Ethan Laidlaw in the COVID season, and I know he's still only was he 19, 18, mm-hmm. um, so he would have been what 16 or something in the COVID season. But that's been three seasons, and he's 
He's not made a single appearance. Uh, if you've not listened to our Ethan Ladle and Josh O'Connor special, go back. We released it a, a few weeks ago. It's, it's a really, really good insight to... to um, but the, th- the thing is, even even if... just We'll use those two as an example, right? Because they're both attacking players and we're struggling for goals, right? You've got players like Nisbet, who's just back. Obviously, he's a starter. That's a given. You've got Kukarevic, who's started well, but no one really had any idea about him when we brought him in the January window. McCurdy's not really offered us that much, albeit he's not been given a good run of games. He's not started and, and anything like that. Melkerson, we thought he was going to tear it up that after another well away. He's not injury. done that as well. Aye. So, I don't see why, especially with the boiling no today... Risk. There's no risk no, for that. Especially with, 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 with Josh, because he likes to drift out wide anyway. So, if we are playing a 4-3-3, why can he not play in, in you know... In front of Cadden. Um Ethan Laidlaw likes to drop deep. Is it worth maybe chucking him up top and putting Nisbet in the ten or the other way about? I just and then obviously you've got you've got Aitken in that as well. That we're playing Ryan we're playing Ryan Portress in midfield, who's not a midfielder. His best position is a centre half. Why do we know then either keep playing Noah Kenny or put Murray Aitken in there as well? Like I just. I don't see why Listen, no one can. Has been we're, not, we're, we're not going to light up the league the rest of the season. We're not going to. We're not going to finish second. At this rate, we're going to finish. We're going to struggle to get into Europe. Never mind the top six. So I don't see why between now and the end of the season, clean out the squad that we need to do in January, and maybe play one of these players. Why not drop Paul Hanlon and put Meglin or Blaney in and put him alongside Porteous and and Rocky. In a three, do you know what no, I mean? I or or, or, or maybe drop Cadden because Cadden's been absolutely stinking for a while, and put Megua right back, and then that maybe offers us more of a defensive shape. Yeah, I think there's been there's always been a lot of chat around the the get the get the youngsters in the first team, get the youngsters in. But I mean, what what really is there to lose? We're playing shite anyway. If they don't have a great game, then they don't have a great game. We're not bringing them in to rely on them. We're, it's, it would just be an experiment. Get them in. You're They're never not, going to you're, get... You're not putting five or six in at once. You're not putting half the development squad and half the 19 squad in there at once. Like Unless yeah. we were playing... I don't know, like... Irvin Meadow. Aye. If we were, unless we were playing somebody like that or we got a really, really easy tie in the Scottish Cup, I wouldn't expect us to be stuck five or six of them. Do you know what I mean? We did get an easy time in the Scottish Ah, game. well. Um, I bet this will get clipped by Aaron Fraser or something. Eh? I, don't, I, don't see, I don't see the issue with starting one or two of them. As long as they're not both on the right side, they're both on the left side, we should give them a go. Maybe not against Motherwell, and uh, not against the Livy at home, because nah. they'll get bullied because it's, it's Livy. But do you know what I mean? Like Maybe like United or a Ross County or somebody at home. or Especially if if we were if, if we were good enough to try and get the game done and dusted, because we play with such a high intensity, I don't see why we can't just. Uh, do you know what? <laughs> Let's just move I, on. I, I know I, exactly what you mean. I know exactly I, what you mean. Uh, nah, because I, I could I could go on for ages. I'm I'm not a fan of. That's not like I'm I'm not a fan of these people that are like oh just play all the youngsters they're much better like. No, they're obviously not. That's why they're not playing. But I don't see the issue with giving one or two a chance. Yeah. And that's what we yeah, should. Yeah, I, I can see kind of from a like to an extent what these people mean. I don't think playing five or six youngsters for one game at the end of the season in a dead rubber does that doesn't really help anyone. To be honest with you, these players need to be thrown in, not not particularly thrown in the deep end, but thrown in when there's a challenge, a bit of pressure. And then they'll get the taste for that. They'll work. I mean, I'm not saying that they don't work hard. I would say then they'll work even harder. They'll give that extra 5% that they didn't have before. And then there could be then opportunities, opportunities. I just think that, you know, there's good players there. And It'll be interesting to see when we do move players on in January, what, if any, of the 19 squad start to get more of a look in. So, like, if Trebriah leaves, does McIntyre come in? 
Do we not yeah. sign someone and Stevenson plays a wee bit more and Tyre plays very similar to the, the Josh Doig situation? Um, like it's, it's, there's, there's wee nuggets like that that I think could be interesting, but we don't quite know. And maybe that's not why, maybe that's why some of the more attacking younger players haven't been getting a, a chance to even get in the squad because we've got so many. Exactly. Because we've got so many attackers, Lee Johnson maybe can't justify to the board. Maybe to the players he can, but maybe not to the board. He can't justify dropping Harry McCurdy or Tavares or Melkerson completely out of the squad and putting someone like Ethan or Josh right in there. Okay. Whereas I maybe at the end of January when players are moved on, maybe he can do that. Yeah, no, I get that. And listen, we'll be here all night if we're talking about the, the development players. But I said earlier on, if you've not listened to our Ethan Laidlaw and Josh O'Connor special, we released it a few weeks ago. It's a really, really good listen. Um, if we do, so, do say so ourselves... It gives a really good insight to um, their championship winning side uh, of last season and their their travels in Europe this season. Um, so if you've not listened to that, go back and and have a wee listen. It's a really good one. Sean talks um, talks about their their league winning campaign, which uh, which is really really good. They talk a lot about Steve Keane and and stuff like that. And then Mark asks them, you know, who the worst dressed is. So it's uh, it's got something for everyone that episode. But we'll move on to my favourite part of the podcast, which is the listener questions. Now it's time to answer the hip Ramble listener questions. Okay, to start us off, it is our good friend John McIntosh. And my my comments last week have obviously rung true in his head because he's asked us what's for dinner. He has asked us. He says, what's for dinner? And is living now a must win? Must in capital letters, might I add. Uh, if we have hopes for top four. I feel like it is, especially with the fixtures coming up, maybe I'm being pessimistic. Uh, Coronation chicken curry and rice for dinner. And uh, yes, it is a must win. I'm having chicken wraps. And Ooh. I think it is a must not lose. I think I'm going to have I don't know. It's a difficult one. Uh, next one. HFC team for me says list of players we should sell in January and then <laughs> Billy has commented underneath that should be a list who, who would keep would probably be shorter it's probably right it's players probably to right. sell I mean I, I wouldn't say go ahead and sell anyone really I mean I, I wouldn't be like actively try and sell him I think if offers came in for players like Chebraya Tavares uh, Hanlon I wouldn't be saying. <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't be saying no, but I'm I'm not saying uh, we should be going and selling these players and making a statement. Yeah. No, for the, me. The squad, the squad needs needs trimmed. That's I think the squad needs trimmed, and that will happen naturally. But you know, at the end of the day, we're going to end up with Paul Hanlon and Lewis Stevenson. I don't think they'll ever retire. I think they will be with us until me and you are long gone, Sean. Long, longer. He'll still be playing it. Exactly. Um, Cammy McEwen asks, do you think Livy could potentially be make or break for Lee Johnson? And realistically, who do we sign in January? We've already touched on the signings. I think if you're listening, Mr. Johnson, um, then go ahead and sign all the players that I've said, obviously, if you want to keep your job. Um, I don't think the Livingston game will be make or break for Lee Johnson, do you? No, I don't. And I don't think he should get sacked. And I know we've mentioned it for about four podcasts in a row, but my concern is, and this will probably link into someone else's question, but if we don't get a win against Livy, we've then obviously got Celtic, we've then got Hearts, Motherwell, Aberdeen, Aberdeen, Hearts again. Hearts again. I don't know where Lee Johnson's getting points. I don't know where he's getting victories. And I'm not I'm not just trying to be all doom and gloom here. Like they are tough, tough fixtures. Aberdeen's a tough fixture. Mother- tough boys fixtures tough. even if we were playing well. Yeah, I know. But because we've not been playing well and we've been getting the, these defeats, at what point are the board gonna sit down and say, Listen, do we need to act? Obviously I hope that they don't because we need stability. That's a fact. But if he doesn't win any of these games, I can't. You can't sit there and say that he doesn't deserve to be sacked. No, you're absolutely right. 
I think I think you're right, and I don't want to see him go, but I think at some point, I mean, what are we now? Eight losses in nine, or nine losses in ten? If we hadn't appointed Sean Maloney, right? Do you think? So basically, say if we went from Jack Ross straight to Lee Johnson, do you think Lee Johnson would have been sacked by now? No. Do you think he would be sacked if he doesn't win any of the games between now and the end of January against Hearts in the Cup? Aye. Do you think at this current situation we have hired Sean Maloney and now we've got Lee Johnson? Do you think if he doesn't win a game between now and the end of January against Hearts, do you think he'll get sacked? Yeah. Right. I don't want him to get sacked. No. I think I think it'll happen though. <clears throat> Next question is a better question, and one that you like actually. I don't know if you've seen any of the questions on the Twitter today, Sean. But Billy asks, in honour of Lionel Messi winning the World Cup, Messi were first wore the number ten jersey against Hibs at Murrayfield. And I was there that day. Were you there? Yes, I was. I was there that day. I got uh, somewhere. Either good Johnson masterclass. Um, he says, who is your all-time favourite Hibs number 10? Apart from Tavares. Oh, right. So I'm not allowed to use Tavares. Right, OK. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Scott Allen was number 10 at one point, right? He was, that yeah. Was for for um, a couple of games and then he went to Celtic. Yeah. Um you got you got one in mind. Well, yeah, it's it very very simple. My favourite Hibs player of all time, Derek Rowden. Oh, he was number ten, wasn't he? Jeez, oh, um, I'll not choose him then. I'll go Russell Latape. Good shout, good shout. And if you're listening, if you've got this far, please please let us know, uh, everyone, who your favourite all time number ten is for Hibs. We've had quite a few good ones. You know, Martin Boyle's been number ten. Uh, I've got the list here. I've got the list here for the listeners that maybe aren't aware of everyone. So we've got Tavares, that's a cert, that pick. Martin Boyle, Dylan McGeoch, Scott Allen, uh, Liam Craig, big fan's favourite there. Uh, Owen Doyle, Derek Arden, Colin Nish, Benji, uh, Paco Luna, Mixu, Latape, Darren Jackson. And then that's as far as my list goes. And then it starts going back to the 70s. Oh, we'll, not, we'll, not, we'll not go back there. I'm not too sure how many of our listener base will remember the games in the 70s. Um, but yeah, if you're listening, let us know who your all-time favourite Hibs number 10 is. Uh, next up, uh, Haley asks, can we actually take a positive away from Ibrox? Not getting a doing, and at least we tried. I think... But now, let me get the we tried trophy. <laughs> what, what about the, the we had limbs for a minute cup that <laughs> we've been getting from the Rangers fans I think there is positives to take I think going there and having a go at them first half I think there's positives to take from that from the second half yeah, definitely a lot poorer but I mean I, I, I've certainly taken positives and yeah at least we never got to do in it's a bit tin pot to say, oh, at least we never got pumped off the Rangers. The positive, that we can, the positive that we can take as well is that hopefully Lee Johnson and the squad will learn from that disaster of a second half and won't let that happen again. Yeah, it looks like it looked like he'd maybe learn from the pumping that we got at Parkhead and yeah, then tried to implement that in the first half. Yeah. <clears throat> um, but yeah, no, I, I mean, I, I've certainly taken some positives from it. Um, Jem asks, will this nightmare ever end? No. No. <laughs> I'm sure we got asked that last week and the answer remains the same. Um, Big Horribine asks, what do we do if the Americans sack Johnson? We'd surely give him till the end of the season in January and then take it from there. I've not got a clue what what school Liam Horribine went to, but his grammar is not on point. I've not got a clue what he's trying to ask. I think he's trying to say, surely we give Johnson at least till the end of January or then... <laughs> You know, maybe then. Yeah, yeah it's, he's basically saying surely the board will get on to at least the end of the the, the season. Um, well, I, we've both just kind of alluded to the fact that we do think that potentially he will be sacked by the end of January. Not that we want him to, but considering what our our board is like, um, I don't really know what we do, Liam. If I'm honest. Um, <laughs> There's not much we can do, to be honest. No, there, no, there isn't. But I do, I do fear an even worse backlash if Johnson does get sacked than the Maloney sacking, because I think it, a lot of people will just be fed up 
And I, although you do see Johnson out shouts by, there's there's aye there's a there's a bigger issue there and and that comes with the board and and the recruitment and stuff like that as well so it's not necessarily always the manager that needs to be the one to get the sacking for things to improve maybe the board are taking a look at that maybe a director of football sporting director maybe will come yeah. in yeah. and maybe that will be the change that we need so we'll see yeah last couple Lorenzo uh, he asks an easy question: Why do we only play for one half per match? Who knows? Maybe the referee should end the games at half time, and we'd do a lot better. Probably, we'd have picked up a few points anyway. Um, and then finally, Gav Dick has asked, and he's spelled everything right this time, apart from Johnson. He said, "When do you think? When do you think we'll sack Johnston? Who's that?" Sorry, Gav. I, I, I didn't ever dig Gav out. I'm sorry, mate. I, I, I didn't mean that. I was acting up. I'm showing off. Maybe he's doing it on purpose. Maybe he's doing it on yeah, purpose. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Uh, when do you think we'll sack Johnson uh, before the Derby in the Cup? He asks. I think he'll be going by Motherwell away. Again, I think it depends on results. We've said a hundred times in this podcast and other podcasts that we don't want that to happen <laughs> uh, but even, you know, if, even if we lost every game between now and the end of January I would still be surprised if he got sacked because I, I wouldn't be surprised I, like I wouldn't be surprised scared, that. I feel like the board's scared to well if we lose if if we don't win between now and the end of January then that'll be what how how many eight, games is it now with, without with eight with, nine so I think we've lost eight and nine so then even if we lose like another three, then it's it's going to be a really, really bad... We wouldn't have won since October. Yeah. You know what I mean? So who knows? But listen, I, I don't want them to go, but I think if the results are poor, especially in the derbies, I think he'll get the chop. But that's that. <laughs> that is that. It's not going to matter because we're going to win every game between now and the end of January and then we're going to lose to... Ross County or Dundee United or something like that. Well, we'll win the Scottish Cup. It's fine. Right, it's been an absolute pleasure, Sean. Thank you so much for uh, for joining me tonight and um, enjoy the game on Saturday if you make it along. Thanks. You too, mate. I'm sure you will. You'll enjoy it, not make it along, I mean. I'll have it on on Hibs TV. Maybe I'll turn it off at half-time if if Lorenzo's um, logic is anything to go by. (laughs) Right. Thanks, everyone, for listening. And uh, we'll speak to you in a bit. Bye-bye. Cheers.